It's time for This Week in WordPress, episode number 236. It was recorded on Monday the 9th of Jan, 2023. It's entitled, So Like, It's So Like, Go. My name's Nathan Wrigley and I will be joined today by my guests. They are, in no particular order, Bob Don. I am also joined by Bud Kraus, as well as Arindo Duque. It's a WordPress podcast, so we spend about half of the podcast talking about WordPress. And here are the stories. First of all, we're talking about the things that have changed from 5.9 up until 6.2. And there's an awful lot. We also dwell on the subject of Gutenberg 14.9, some recent changes, which are really nice, especially in terms of global styles. We talk about the Page Builder Summit, which was an event or is an event that I'm going to be putting on in February and whether or not you would like to sponsor us. And we also talk about something that I'm doing next week with Pichineri. It's a UX UI show and you're free to submit your sites for her expert opinions. We also talk about a new project which helps you design contact forms for contact form 7 in the Gutenberg UI and then we go down a real rabbit hole talking about LastPass and I really get all my anxiety out into the open because everything of mine is there and there's a few other bits and pieces that we touch on as well. It's all coming up next on This Week in WordPress. This episode of the WP Builds podcast is brought to you by GoDaddy Pro the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL, and 24-7 support. Bundle that with the hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place, invoice clients, and get 30% off new purchases. Find out more at go.me forward slash WPBuilds. Hello, hello, episode number... 236 of the This Week in WordPress show. Just a bit of advice, if you are going to eat a banana, actually eat the banana, don't eat the skin, which is what I just did, and it tastes awful, is all I'm going to say. <laughs> and on that bombshell, we're going, to, uh, we're going to introduce our guests today. We're joined, like we are so many times, by the fabulous Bob. How are you doing, Bob? Hey, I'm doing good. I am still thinking about that banana, you know. Yeah, there's no way that's getting out of your head. You yeah, should, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's going to be with you. I'm going to do the proper introduction. Bob is the connector over at Do The Woo, which is a fabulous podcast, by the way. A community for WooCommerce builders and is also, wor- mm, and is also working, <laughs> I forgot about this, and is also working with some Brit podcaster on a new project this year, called WP Office Hours. I have no idea what that is. If you see him wandering around aimlessly at WordCamp Asia, please guide him to the lost and found section. It's a pleasure. How was the new year, Bob? It was very good. Nice and quiet. And um, yeah, enjoyed it. Um, I guess I'm all ready for the new year, whatever it holds. Yeah, well, okay. Let's see how it goes. 2023. We're also joined by Bod. First time on the podcast, Bod Kraus. Kraus, uh, Bod, Bod, sorry. I just called you Kraus. I'm sorry about that. Um, Bod, is your surname, in fact, pronounced Kraus, or have I butchered that? It is. uh, And uh, no, it's only one S and no E. Okay, okay, got it. So it's K R A U S. Yeah, well, I'll do the proper introduction before we 
Before we natter, Bud is a WordPress instructor, having taught thousands of online courses, uh, in, sorry, and in class from all over the world. He currently has recorded videos featuring the Gutenberg block editor, as well as doing live hands-on classes. Bud doesn't help build new sites. He rather focuses on bringing new life to broken down WordPress sites that are in need of remediation. He's been very active in the WordPress community in and around the NYC area and beyond. As he often says, WordPress software is pretty good, but the community is so much better. Bravo. I, I applaud that sentiment. That's great. And did you have a nice year, Bod? I did, but I was really busy because I all of a sudden I've just gotten so much different kinds of work and all that that I was kind of working through the holidays. But, oh. you know, when you enjoy your work, is it really work? You know, yeah, well, I mean, it's not dr yeah, it's not drudgery. Yeah. Let's say that. Yes, um, Bob and I were chatting and had the exact opposite uh, discussion a minute ago, where we planned to do absolutely loads during the holidays and sat on a chair. Um, yeah. Anyway, very nice to have you with us. I hope you come back. And I hope Thank you, you for it. having me. Yeah, you're very yeah. welcome. And last but by no means least, we have Arindo Duque. How are you doing, Arindo? I'm good. Yeah, well, Arindo, Arindo is the uh, the founder and main developer at WP Ultimo. If you're into well WordPress as a service, then uh, go and check that out, WPUltimo.com. It's a plugin that transforms WordPress multi-site into the website as a service platform. When not in front of a computer, drinking copious amounts of coffee, he can be found pretending to know how to play different instruments. Go on, which instruments do you pretend to play? Uh, we have this beautiful electronic drum set here right behind me, yes. which I'm not playing at the moment because we recently discovered that my upstairs neighbor, uh, <laughs> like his main bedroom is right above us. Oh. And he can listen to everything that I do oh. in the office. So. If it's an electronic can, one, can you not like put headphones in and it just makes a sort of tapping sound? But I guess that's not quite as much yeah, fun. Yeah. Right? But no, no it, it, it is supposed to be as silent as you can get, but you're still hitting things with a piece of wood. So there's, there's always a, a amount of sound that you can't get rid of, and it looks like that the walls here are pretty thin. You know, it's, it, is, it is really interesting to me, because I interview quite a lot of people, and very often we're on a camera, and I've said this before, it's always amazing to me the overlap between musical instruments and WordPress. And it well, may be that, I don't know, Bob, maybe in your past there was music, and maybe, Bob, there was in your past. Certainly there was in mine. Oh, I, I, plead guilty. I plead guilty to the idea of, tr of <laughs> uh, how did Arindo say this? Um, you know, trying oh. to play or pretending to play. Pretending I to pretend know how to play, to play keyboard. I pretend to play guitar, and this pretension has been going on for years. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's I, all I can. I, all all I can say is that I very often see guitars and stuff lying around in the background. So you're not alone. Um, oh. Well, anyway, we're here to talk about WordPress, but before we do that, a few bits of housekeeping. First of all, let's just we've got one comment coming in. Uh, it's from Peter, who usually gives us a weather report at the beginning of the show. Uh, oh, and yep. <laughs> uh, Happy New Year from in the US, New England, where it's currently 32 degrees Fahrenheit zero on the mostly cloudy sky. I just love that he does this every week. There's a little, little bit of weather forecasting. That's brilliant. It's about the same here, actually, to be honest. There's cloudy skies and it's about zero degrees centigrade. And Anissa, I think is how you pronounce that name. She's saying hello. Hello, indeed. 
If anybody wants to share the show, I'd be most appreciative. The, the quickest way to do that is just to go to this URL, wpbuilds.com forward slash live. If you go there, you'll need to be logged into Google because it's uh, YouTube comments. Alternatively, if you're in our Facebook group, you can go to the Facebook group and just search around until you find the live video. But you'll need to click a link in the the you know the thread at the top. Uh, the link is chat.restream.io forward slash fb. Uh, otherwise, you will be anonymous, which is fine. If you want to be anonymous, um, that's fine. But some people prefer to actually show us their name and so on. So if you fancy giving us a comment, please do that. Let's get stuck into the show, though. See what we've got in store for us this week, second week of January. Uh, first thing to say is this is our website, wpbuilds.com. If you fancy keeping in touch with what we do, go and put your email address in there and click the subscribe button. We don't hammer it. It's like basically when we produce content, so twice a week, we'll send you an email, and that's really about it. So there's that. Um, the other thing to say is we'll move on to the articles, and the first thing is WP Tavern. We always end up at WP Tavern each, each week, pretty much. Sarah Gooding wrote a piece on the 5th of January entitled Gutenberg 14.9's New Magic, Push Block Changes to Global Styles. Uh, to be honest with you, there are several things in this article about other things that are that have happened in, in Gutenberg 14.9, but the only one that I want to concentrate on is this, what I consider to be really cool new feature. From now on, if you uh, install the Gutenberg plugin, and very soon you'll have it in the WordPress vanilla install, uh, you'll be able to push a global styles button. The button is actually labeled push changes to global styles. And in any block, that matches that. So let's say, for example, I don't know, it's a headings block or it's a, a H1 in a headings block or whatever. It will push it and make it global. So you won't find yourself going around the, the website and discovering that titles over here look different to titles over there. It'll just push it out globally. It sounds like a little thing, but if you've got a website which is maintained by, I don't know, five or six different content editors, they might have their own variation on what a heading ought to look like, and you end up with this sort of patchy patchy approach to your branding. So hopefully this will solve that. You can see on the screen, if you're watching this live, basically here it is. It's just this little button at the bottom, little blue button, and it does that. So I just think that's dead cool, another little incremental change. So if anybody's got anything to say about that, now is the moment to say it. That's not incremental. I think it's a big change. And mm. what I was wondering as you're going through this is how will third-party block developers tie their work into this new feature? Because they're going to need to do that. So Do, um, like, so for example... I don't know if anybody from, for example, Cadence, Kathy's aunt's often right, in here. Right. Um, I don't. I don't know how the how that's approached in something like Cadence, for example. I, I'm imagining that there is a global setting somewhere in there where you can take care of this all by yourself. This is, of course, just the sort of default editor with no customization. Right. It's just what drops into a WordPress site. So it's yeah, you're right. It's a kind of neat little feature, but I, I'm guessing that third parties have probably got their own variation on this already. Yeah, I could have used do, this we'll a couple yeah. days ago. Yeah, I, it would have saved me about five hours of work. So, oh, really? Yeah. You just had yeah. to go back through and like... Oh, well, well, yeah. It's perfect for somebody that's psychotic like me if I do get into actually <laughs> changing stuff on my site because, you know, it's like, oh, I get this moment of, oh, well, there's, you know, 
200 other posts or 200, 600 other places this is and I have to decide whether I'm going to do it or not. So yeah, it's cool. I, I love yeah. global stuff. Yeah. 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 For me, it, yeah it, for me, it's, it's kind of like a big quality of life improvement. I also have like a couple of places where I could, could have used a feature like that uh, the past couple of weeks. Because like you, you, you come up with a variation of a particular block in a specific template and it looks better. And then you have to go to all the different templates and update and it takes a lot of time. So uh, it's one of those like small tweaks that can make you like a hundred uh, times more productive. So I think it's a great, great improvement. I um I imagine that in an ideal world, if you're in any way connected with a website, website, you'll have written all this stuff down, and you know H1 is this, H2 is this, and it will always be thus. But when when it was the theme taking care of all of this, that was fine. But now blocks are just taking control of almost everything, and anybody who gets into a website can do anything with any block. Then it wrestles that control back to each individual person, and you, yeah, it will go wrong. So if uh, you know, as roles and permissions come in and you can lock certain things down, all of this will be great. You know, your H1 will always look at this and the content editors won't be able to fiddle with this. So, yeah, quality of life improvement. I'm sure that'll save us. Well, the two of you, it would have saved you a ton of time. Yeah. So there we go. All right. So that was... Uh, go on. I have a, one little other small comment on this post. Like, what, as you mentioned, there's a bunch of different announcements on that single post. Even though, like the global push, the global uh, styles is the the main one highlighted in there. But uh, as a developer, we develop plugins, so we're just starting to get to know how block things work a little bit more on the technical level now. But one change that I really appreciate is that uh, starting uh, at this version, you'd be able to limit a specific block patterns to specific kinds of templates. And for me, like once you get started, like installing different plugins that add a bunch of different block patterns, it starts to get a little bit uh, confusing, messy. There's a lot of blocks in there, uh, patterns. So the option to limit specific patterns that are only relevant to specific templates, to those templates, uh, I, I also think that it's a great addition, makes things like easier to navigate for the end user. Are you making lots of use of Rindo with WP Ultra mode? Are you going to be starting to make a lot of use of these kind of things? So, so your, your plugin, you can, I don't know, you can make it so that the, a website is, you pick a template and that, that's your new website. You click a button and mm-hmm. your new version of your website has got this particular uh, layout and theme and so on. Are you going to be starting to use these things, the the site editing capabilities and things like the REST API and theme.json to yeah. to enable this because it's just, well, it's free and it's the way it's going to be done in the future? Yeah, we, we are. <laughs> so one of the main challenges that we face right now is that we, we deal with multi-site and depending on the number of sites that you add, it can start to get... Like performance starts to to be an issue, and what we've seen is that most of the performance complaints that we get they happen on the on the WP admin side of things huh. 
because on the front end, you can cache things pretty aggressively. So the, the complaints that we get about multi-site performance, they're mostly uh, concentrated on the WP admin side of things. So the way that we're planning to solve this is to basically uh, allow our customers to create custom admin panels on the front end. That way we can make use of all the, the benefits of like aggressive cache, caching and things like that, uh, prevent the loading of all the plugins that, that might be installed. And doing that with blocks and most, uh, more specifically block patterns in a mm -hmm. way that we can like provide certain screens pretty much uh, in a pre-built pre pre yep. as a starting point. Uh, is it's, it, it was something that we were waiting to get to this point to be able to really make use of. So, so in the in the future, rather than let me see if I understood this correct. In the future, in WP Ultimo, rather than log into WordPress and then be in the the traditional admin area that we all know about, you'll be basically on a page fiddling with the settings for WP Ultimo, right? Have, have I got yeah. that right? It'll be a page made up of blocks with all the settings in, so you can cache it. And okay, that's yeah, fascinating. yeah, that's kind of cool. <laughs> that's yeah, I haven't really come across anybody doing that yet. So that's really interesting. We we, we should talk. There's a podcast in there, <laughs> <laughs> probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so right, so you've got a different take on that. That's really interesting. Yeah, for me, the bit was all about the the global styles, which in Page Builder Land. We've been doing this for ages, and now it's really nice to see this inside uh, of a block. You know, I've got a question about the patterns that you were talking about, Arundo, which is um, the, the way I see it, or let me see if I understand what you're talking about, is that when I'm building a page, the pat or any kind of post type, um, the patterns would only be for those particular templates or those particular post types, is that right? It would be just, instead of just general patterns, it would be specific patterns. Let's say a developer created certain patterns. It would only be targeted for, right now there's the ability to do that through a modal. Is that how it would be done? Through a modal or just sure in the inserter? I think it's, it's on the inserter. But I'm not sure how it search. works for for post types. The post talks yeah. specifically about like specifically templates, so like a, a 404 template, right. Right. Uh, search results, things like that, right. which makes mm -hmm. sense because you don't want a 404 right. block pattern with an error message to be showing up right. on every uh, block editor page that you have, and every single piece of content on your your website. So. It contextualizes the different uh, patterns uh, in a way that it, I template. think it's more intuitive to the end user. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a great addition. Yeah, but that's I through the inserter. Right? I think so. Okay. All right. I've now eaten some banana, so. I'm going to struggle through this. Okay, on to the next thing. Yeah, Nathan, that's right, on to the I'm next just thing. kidding. Yeah, you just... <laughs> um, do excuse me. The um, what what I find remarkable about all this is that I watch WordPress fairly closely. I mean, I'm not quite as you know studious as some other people, without a doubt. But I watch it fairly closely, and it's still amazing to me 
how confusing a lot of this can be. <laughs> um, you know, there's just so much going on all at the same time. I watched a I watched a video recently with a bunch of people who were talking about theming, and it was a lot of people from Automatic and people who are interested in the future of full site editing and, and all of that. So you you probably know who was on the screen, but um, I got lost so fast because it, there's just so much going on, and they're talking about things which were happening probably days ago, and you know GitHub pull requests and all of that kind of stuff. And it was like, whoa, it's all moving really fast. And actually, that leads me nicely. First segue of the year, get in. Um, <laughs> it leads me nicely to this piece, which is a video, actually. So I'm, I'm not going to show the video because I'll get told off by YouTube. Um, but this is a video by Anne McCarthy, which I wanted to uh, alert people to. I'm guessing that if you just go and Google this, I'll put a link in the show notes. But the video is called Site Building with WordPress 5.9 versus 6.2, which is still uh, a work in progress. 6.2 is not yet uh, out, out of the gate, but we're getting there. And she did this video not that long ago. And what's really amazing is how much has changed in the time since 5.9 to 6.2. Now, honestly, I can't tell you how many months that is, but it's not that many. You know, it's within a reasonable amount of time. Was it, was it just 12 months? Yeah. Um, but it was really obvious looking. So she splits the video broadly in, in half. She shows what, how we did it in 5.9. Um, which at the time felt, you know, revolutionary and new and interesting and usable and what have you. And then she shows you what's going to be coming in 6.2. And, and it's basically the exact same things, but with extra bells and whistles. And I just think it's a video worth watching because it, it, if, you're, if you're faltering in your confidence in Gutenberg, and I know quite a lot of people are, you know, they're, they're sort of, they'd rather stick with their page builder or what have you and can't quite see where the project is heading. This is a real way of restoring your faith in it all, I think, because it just goes to show in 11 minutes, roughly, how much work has been done and how people have been listened to and when people have suggested new features, where possible they've been added in. So really, it's just me saying, bravo. I've not yet seen anybody produce a piece of content like that where they just compare one year ago with this year in a video. Normally, it's just a tirade of, okay, this is coming next, this is coming next, and you really don't see what the context is. And so I thought that was a really nice video. I don't know if any of you three actually managed to see it, but I, it just made me feel like we were in, in safe hands, really. Yeah. And you know, something that's even... If you go back to, I just real quick. If you go back to, you know, WordPress five and look at that compared to oh where Lord. we are today, yeah, that's yeah. remarkable. Absolutely yeah. remarkable. I mean, it is literally, you know, building a, uh, taking a, you know, a, a twin engine airplane and turning it into a space shuttle while it's flying. <laughs> Not so yeah. easy to do. You know? No, no. <laughs> I think she did actually make remarkable. No. Yeah. yeah, yeah, really remarkable. Sorry, Arindo, I think I cross talked you. No, yeah, uh, uh, like I have conflicting views about this because uh, I'm able to put myself in the in the in the shoes of the end user, the the people that are, like logs into the WordPress admin. It's making changes to some pages, adding a new post, stuff like that. And when I see this video, uh, like that person, it amazes me. I get the same feeling the same feelings that you guys get as a developer though this video is extremely anxiety inducing <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
because you, you you get to see how like every time that she displayed something that changed drastically, I had a corresponding uh, open ticket right right on, on our support system oh, uh, telling us that something on our blocks broke and that we need to fix it. Uh, so it it was like it was a, a, a trip down memory lane uh, on how fast a fast development cycle it's it's great for the end user I think. But at the same time, if you have to maintain compatibility with all of those changes happen happening at that pace, if you have a small team such uh, hours, it can be it can prove itself to be a challenge. It's one of the reasons why it took us so long to really start to develop things for the block editor because I, I didn't feel like we had the resources to keep up with the, the pace of development and changes that they they were making. But like now nowadays, uh, the number of breaking changes that they're pushing is very, very small. So it's, it's almost like it feels like it's stable now, at least in terms of development. You can build for it with a certain degree of confidence that things will not break from that point uh, uh, moving forward, which which is great. It, that That's a really interesting perspective. And to be completely honest with you, it's not one that I had even considered. You know, I'm not a developer. I don't have a plugins and I don't have clients in that way and yeah that's that's fascinating I hadn't thought about it from that perspective if memory serves in the video I think she said that 6.2 marks the end of phase two of the Gutenberg yeah. project so site editing as it's as we're now calling it um is is going to be over by the end of this um well it'll continue well okay yeah yeah. okay it's not going to be the main focus the main focus is shifting over to um consecutive or whatever the word is consecutive editing, collaboration. AA, collaboration yeah aka google docs kind of thing um mm-hmm. but it did make me wonder a if the the pace of development will slow down and so rather than there being a whole bucket load of things released every few months it'll be more like one thing each time a new fresh installer wordpress comes out but also i did kind of wonder it it still feels like the whole site editing thing still feels really quite confusing to me so I, I await to see what 6.2 brings and whether or not it's going to be, you know, do we throw the, do we throw our page builders under a boss yet? Or do we, um, do we still feel that they're like, you know, well, way ahead in terms of the, the features? Well, something like I, I that can be- really induce a lot of feelings because you could be looking at it and thinking, my God, I didn't even know this was happening in 5.9. Now I really feel left behind. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, it can go the spectrum there with, the whole thing, looking at that, depending who's interested. I, I imagine most typical users wouldn't be interested in watching a video like that. Kind of, they're they're they want to focus on what's happening right now and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, I can understand the Rindo and you know the anxiety he felt because it can be like, <laughs> oh my god, you know, now what's the next one? So interesting stuff. But yeah, cool. Yeah, definitely. Uh, if there's nothing else to say, I think Bob, did you have anything to can finish off? Yeah, on that? just. With the rapid change, especially in the black editor, it is impossible, I found, to create any kind of course, you know, pre-recorded content. It's just, it's it's insane. I tried it and I'm insane. So I, I happen to be teaching a live class next week, two, two days next week. 
and that's the only way you can teach WordPress now is through live classes because right, recorded stuff right. is just ridiculous. It's just it's it's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't no, even know how it. to you know when I think about it, I don't even know how to do this anymore because there's so much now that I consider fundamental teaching that how am I going to do this in two days? Yeah. <laughs> Talk fast. Yeah. yeah. On the one hand, we want it all to be progressing rapidly. And on the other hand, we want it to not be progressing rapidly. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know quite and, where and that seesaw are, ends as up. We, as one last thing, as people have seen through this whole progress process and been reminded of how slow people are to adopt to new changes. Maybe all of us yeah. here are, more readily accepting new changes but the public forget about it it's yeah. just not it's just going to take a very long time for most people to embrace gutenberg they Thank don't you. right now um, no no i'm going to just segue a little bit and throw in a couple of comments the first one is from it's from max thank you max and he's just it's just a nice just a generally nice thing to say. Uh, he says, <laughs> Happy New Year. Wishing you a successful and productive year ahead. May all of your goals and projects be, be met with success. Here's to a great start to the year. Yay. Thank you, Max. That's, that's so kind. I appreciate the sentiment, and I, I hope that it's true. Uh, and reflecting it right back at you. And also, Michelle Frechette joining us from New Oh. New York State or New York City? I never know which. Well, I know you're in she's New in York Rochester. State. But she's in Rochester, New York. Yeah, that's right. But anyway, thank you, Michelle, for joining us. I appreciate it. Right. Forgive the blatant promotion, but I'm going to blatantly promote something um, because, <laughs> you know, why not? Uh, we have the Page Builder Summit coming around again. It's actually version five of the Page Builder Summit. It's in um, it's in February, so it's actually not that far away. It's in about six weeks or something like that, 20th of February. And we are, we're looking for a few sponsors. If you are connected in any way to, I don't know, WordPress company or a WordPress service or something like that, and you fancy being a part of the, the summit, you know, it's a quid pro quo. It's the usual thing. Uh, we put your logo on. We put ads in videos and things like that. But this is the page to go to. It's pagebuildersummit.com forward slash sponsors. Pagebuildersummit.com forward slash sponsors. And if you scroll down, there's, you know, the usual laundry list of why I think, at least anyway, this is a good idea. Uh, it's been pretty popular in the past. As I said, we've done four. This is version five. So, yeah, reach out. You can always reach me. My email address is, you know, the usual, what you'd imagine. It's admin at and then wpbuilds.com. Or there's a, a contact form on our webpage if you want to go and check that out. That's the first thing. So there's number one bit of promotion out the way. I'll be promoting it every week. So, <laughs> so you know, get used to it. Um, can I just and say also, really quick? Nathan, yeah. can I just interject real quick about the Page Builder Summit? Because you Thanks and I too. don't really know each other. And I, I do want to say, I think it's one of the finest online presentations around, period. I mean... The quality of your speakers and their presentations is first rate. And I've enjoyed them so much. I mean, I, I usually don't pay attention to any of this stuff. I've almost always go to your, um, as many the, as your um, sessions. So that's the, it. The, yeah, thank you. The uh, the check right. is in the mail. Thanks, Bob. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm looking that. for. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks for, thanks for sponsoring us. So, yeah. Um, but no, that's very kind of you. I appreciate that. I can't, in all honesty, claim to have any um, 
you know, any jurisdiction over what the presenters say. It just so happens that we've got a bunch of really good people oh, coming on. And this year is no different. We've got a whole bunch of people coming on. Anyway, there we go. First thing. Second thing is next week, not this week, we're doing the first of our um, URUX sessions with Peach and Neri. Uh, we've got a few websites submitted already, but what she does basically is cast her eye over some WordPress websites and uh, gives you a free appraisal. She normally spends about 20 minutes and it's just initial thoughts. She's very deliberate in that she doesn't look at it beforehand. So what she sees um, is, is what she's visceral thinking when she sees the website if you've got a project that you're working on and you would like somebody with her expertise to um to have a look at it feel free to go to this page it's wpbuilds.com forward slash ui uh, fill in the form and also we're going to be featuring some deceptive design which used to be called dark patterns so if you've got any examples of people on the web who are just really abusing your trust and making you click buttons that you never intended to click, I've come up with some whoppers over Christmas, people trying to pull money out of my wallet for upsells to this and that, and it really feels like I'm doing something that I, you know different to what I am. You can include that in the form as well. So there we go. That's going to be on the 17th of uh, January, which is a Tuesday, 3 p.m. UK time. Uh, same page as you're viewing this, probably, wpbuilds.com forward slash live. Right, okay. Oh, the promotion is over. Sorry, guys. Apologies. Munia <laughs> um, Kamal, who uh, is just fabulous. Uh, Justin on the tavern always used to love writing things about Munia's projects because he's done so many, uh, particularly around the block editor. Just thought this was really nice. You might want to pick this one up for your clients. So it's a free plug-in. Uh, and it's called Block Editor Kit for Contact Form 7, or abbreviated CF7 Blocks. And what he's done, I think, is a bit of a stroke of genius. Contact Form 7 is a free, I'm sure there's loads of free plug plugins for Form. It seems to me almost like the default. If you, if you don't pay yeah. for Gravity Forms or whatever, you know, um, formidable forms or whatever it may be, then it feels like you're probably likely to have come across Contact Form 7 totally free. Um, but the UI is a little bit lacking, shall we say. Well, what Manir has done <laughs> is he's uh, created a block interface to build out your forms. And if you're looking at the screen, which you may be doing, if not, just, you know, if you're listening to us on audio, apologies. But you imagine a, a thing like Gravity Forms where you've got a panel on the left with all of the different things that you could throw in. So it's a paragraph, it's a URL, it's a telephone, it's a text area, it's an email. You drag those in, rearrange them, put your, you know, your title in and some pre-filled form fields and what have you, and you're done. And it's just a really, really nice implementation. It is free. Contact Form 7 is free. And so now you've got an option to make fairly complicated forms trivially easy. Um, so bravo. I have to be honest, I haven't installed it and I haven't played with it. But Mania really genuinely does seem to be one of those people in the WordPress space who... I'm, I'm going to say I would trust it to work. Let's just put it that way. I have every faith that he would have done a good job. It's got one five-star review at the moment. And uh, yeah, <laughs> so it's uh, it's on WordPress.org. And as I said, the name of it is Block Editor Kit for Contact Form 7. Uh, and the icon is like of a little mountain. So bravo, uh, Mania. I think that's really good. Any, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's interesting because... Uh, I mean, I'm, I remember Contact Seven guys. Like, I don't even know when 
forever, it, right? It was forever. Yeah, it was yeah. like a decade over a decade ago. That was it. Got to be. Yeah. It seems like. Yeah, but it, you know, how many people maybe have used it for a long time? Simple sites that just, you know, I'm not going to change this. It does the job. It's all I need. Now mm-hmm. he's given them an opportunity to, you know, do a little bit more with it. And so kind of taking something, I mean, it's a, a different approach than most plugin makers take, you know, something that's been around that long and to add some spice to it a little bit more better, you know, UI and everything. Mm. So, yeah, I think it's a, 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 you know, it's, it's like, wow, you almost, when you first see it, you think, you know, that's crazy. It's been around forever. And somebody, I think before the show said, <laughs> why didn't this happen earlier or something? But, um, you know, it, yeah, it's, um, it's interesting. And I, I yeah, I, I think it's great what he's trying to do. And, you know, maybe it will bring, you know, especially people that are, have been using it and, you know, even new years. So, cool. yeah, I'm just trying to go through some of the screenshots on the, on the show, but the, the zooming in on the wordpress.org website seems to drag the, the header in. So it's quite <laughs> hard for me to actually show you, but, but essentially what you're looking at is a UI, which is really up to date, modern. There's nothing weird about it. There's nothing janky. And I feel that although contact form seven itself was a perfectly serviceable plugin, I feel that it maybe maybe it wasn't quite as easy to use, you know, creating the actual form fields and all that. There was some sort of disconnect. But now that you can build this in a what is a familiar UI, and I think you've hit the nail on the head, Bob. I think really if you've got a client who just has a little brochure website, they don't want to get involved in licenses for a plugin where really all they want is a contact form. You know, it's not doing some sort of mortgage calculation or, you know, uploading tremendously difficult, complicated fields or pricing calculations and all that. It's just a contact form. This now makes it easy for your clients to to do just that. So, yeah. Anyway, Bod, Arindo, if you've got anything. No. Yeah. Except the thing Go ahead. Let's go for Arindo first. Go on. Yeah, the thing that like Contact Form 7 was the first, I think it was pretty much the first WordPress plugin that I ever installed. Right. Because like, when, like whenever you're building your first website, the first thing that you want to build is a contact form and it's it's right there. Like you don't even need to search for forms. It's right there on the first page when you go to the install a new plugins page. Uh, and... I was thinking, like, how would I go about blockifying Contact Form Seven? And the thing that strikes me is that it, I, I don't think it's that hard to do because the way you, you construct a form inside Contact Form Seven, it's pretty much you you add some text and then you drop a, a couple of short codes. Yeah. Uh, whenever you wherever you want a, a form input to show which is pretty much what the block editor does. <laughs> so it's incredible that we had to wait this long for someone to come up with a, a block interface for Contact Form 7. It's like it's I'm truly kidding. mind-boggling that it, it took this long. Yeah, it's interesting. So I'm just uh, let me just put the screen on. So I don't know if this if this gives you some insight, but if you look at this screenshot um, you end up with this little generated shortcode on the side. So we're obviously 
we're in this radio bottom field, please rate our website. And then we've got this output shortcode here, radio user rating default and what have you. So I'm guessing it is literally using the the way that the method yeah. that you just mentioned, but then it's putting all these different things. Like you can turn the label on and off. Looks like you can put a label first and the checkbox last. There's things like dimensions. And as I said, I haven't played with it. So maybe there's some sort of styling options in there. You know, you can see at the top, you can change it from a tick box, like a literal square box with a tick in it to a little radio button. But I don't know if you can do things like rounded corners on the forms and change the colors of the borders and things like that. I don't know if he's gone that far with it, but yeah. Yeah, it's great. I, I agree. It's been long in the making, and Monia, thank you for doing it. Bod, sorry, you were going to say. No, the, no, I'll just be brief. It's just, I remember this was one of the very first plugins I taught like 12 years ago at uh, oh, right. New York City. Yeah. And I and the students didn't like it because they had to look at something like code. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, yes. like short codes or whatever, an HTML or Markdown. I can't even remember what the heck it was. But... Um, uh, I sort of, you know, in certain ways, um, regret that we're losing all that. I mean, I know we're, you know, in the no-code era, and that's the wave of the future or the wave of the present. But as a guy that used to teach, you know, HTML, CSS, little JavaScript and stuff like that, well, you know, you sort of kind of miss all that. Anyway. You, um, you, you, all you've got to do, Bud, is just never use this plugin and keep keep. Bang in the gong of the old. That's testing. right. Go back to the, Contact the, the, Form yeah, Seven, right. which I haven't seen in years. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> I confess I haven't used it. I've I've ended up with all sorts of different form plugins in my arsenal, and Contact Form Seven just just because the ones that I've opted for do a lot more. I've kind of always just installed them, but right. this yeah. is free, completely free. The whole package right. is free. So right. yeah, if you got client websites, simple website, just need a contact form. There you go. Oh, look, Peacha dropped in. Peacha Neri, we were just mentioning her. She says, hello. Looks like she's arrived just in the, just at the right time. Well, we, no, we've finished your bit, Peacha. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, we, we've done. Um, and yes, she says, please come. Please come. So that's, yeah, February the 17th. Join us. And Michelle Frechette says, WS form is the best, though. Yes, I'm sure I... that Mark Westgard would agree. Yeah. yeah Tremendous. Yeah. Tremendous indeed. WS form. Go and check it out. It's worth looking at. Okay, let's move on. This is the next one. Uh, Bob brought this to my attention. Don't quite know how I missed this, but Bob thought brought this to my attention. Uh, it's as simple as the title. WordCamp Europe 2023 speaker applications open. Organizers call for more interactive sessions. Anything you want to say, Bob, before I get into my screed? Yeah, I think what... what what caught me on this was that, and what's happened with, I don't know if anybody's gone to, you know, listing, I know some people have WordCamp Europe or WordCamp US. I think the, uh, the sessions were a little bit light. And I think that was due to two years of, you know, us all being locked up and finally getting together. So a lot of people spent more time talking with people and uh, interacting and stuff. So I think that, kind of had an effect on it. And I think this is something they're trying to pull people more into the sessions because I think over time, I don't know if you've noticed it at different WordCamps that for the amount of people that are there, it seems like it's a, you know, there could be a lot fuller sessions. And it's, it's just a way, I think, to try to bring people in 
instead of making it the, I don't want to say same old sessions, because that's unfair to the speakers because they aren't, but just a little bit more interactive and, and get a little bit more creative. And I think they've been kind of talking about this for a while. I've heard different mumblings about it, but it's, it's just, I think it's a, it's a good approach to try to bring some variety and a little bit more hands-on rather than just sitting and listening to somebody all the time. Yeah, so the, the there seemed to, I don't know if it was like a survey or something, but they somehow got data from the attendees of WordCamps, and they it seems that they there was a general consensus they would like more interactive sessions. And the mm-hmm. example that Sarah Gooding gives in this piece was uh, there was a presentation I don't remember where uh, WordCamp in the Czech Republic it says where the security researcher set up a Wi-Fi hotspot and then probably didn't tell the participants. Well, maybe maybe he did, I don't know. But uh, demonstrated what was going on with their Wi-Fi and you know, all of that, that interactivity makes it really engaging. And you would imagine that the workshops that are being put on at WordCamps at the moment, they seem to be in the ascendancy. They seem to be getting a lot of interaction because people like to show up and open their laptop and try stuff out don't they so yeah um anyway it looks like the speaker uh, application is going to be open uh, until i think early february is what i have in my mind let me see if i can find it in the article yeah first week of february uh, and you'll receive a response by the second week of march um and the event itself is going to be on june the 9th to the 10th in Athens, Georgia. No, no. <laughs> Athens, uh, Athens, Greece. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. World Camp Europe in near Atlanta. No. Um, <laughs> is anybody going? Arindo, are you going to go? I know that you're yeah. uh, based in Europe now. And I saw you at World Camp Europe in Portugal. That was really nice. We yeah. talked about sushi, if memory serves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, oh, and I've got a story about sushi with Bob as well. Oh, d- don't even. <laughs> listen, listen, I can, we'll save that for another show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sushi, no. sushi seems to be. Only starting, Nathan. <laughs> the last time that I saw my, Airpet, my, my AirPods Pro, uh, was that that like that time where, where when we, we sat down on that bench to talk about sushi? Right. That was the last time that I saw my my, AirPod, my AirPods Pro. Yeah, and funnily and, enough, that was the first time I ever found a pair of AirPods in my. Oh, bench. really? Uh, <laughs> no, because no, I, no, I, really? I have, what I you left them on the bench mine? when we were talking. Probably, yeah. Oh, got it. <laughs> oh, that's the effect and, I have on people. They forget things. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, so <laughs> sushi stories, but Arindo, yeah, in all seriousness, do you, think, memory now. <laughs> yeah, thank you. do you think you'll be going? Will you make the effort to go to Athens? Yeah, I will. I, I, I'm actually considering submitting a, a, a talk proposal, but now that I know that I have to make it all interactive, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think it's all all interactive. It feels yeah. to me like they're gonna. Maybe there's a little bit of a waiting towards interactive. Mm. But I think you could do a. Mind you, aren't there constraints around? Like for example, you're not allowed if you've got a, if you've got a, a paid product, you can't like show it on the screen or so that there are constrict con- I think that there, there are restrictions to yes. that but yes. the thing is I I don't feel the least bit comfortable doing that so yeah. uh, whenever I, I I do like talks and work camps and stuff like that 
I try to distance myself as much as possible for, from talking anything related to, to one of our products. Yes. Just but you're of, perfect then. You are the ideal candidate for... <laughs> oh, yeah. Just feels, feels well, I think, weird. Yeah. And, and I think it'll be a mix. Yeah, I'd say go for it. Because, you know, I mean, you still want the sessions. I mean, people... Sometimes a, somebody will go to a session and they don't want to be interactive. They want to just sit and learn. So I think they just probably are hoping to look for a good balance. Peacha just Peacha, made a point yeah. comment. Yeah. She says, yeah. uh, it's all lovely, but uh, an interactive session takes even longer to prepare than a lecture. And the speaker needs to be very experienced. I imagine only the ones able to offer. Um, and this will be those paid to be there. Yeah, it's an interesting point. The amount of time that you'd have to put in up front. I know, Peacha, it's, it's a topic that is close to your heart about the the equity of who gets to go to WordCamps and also, you know, uh, whether people are paid for their um, contributions and so on. So, yeah, that's a good point. If something does take a lot more time. Um, and also, there's, I guess there's just that risk that something will go wrong if you make it interactive. We've all been there, you know, I mean, <laughs> Elon Musk with his little hammer on the, uh, the car window. <laughs> it's unbreakable. Oh right, okay. Um, those kind of things, you know. If it go if it goes wrong in front of a crowd, it is a bit of egg on the face, isn't it? So yeah, good, yeah. good point. Um, but I think Arindo, I think you should go for it. That's my personal yep. thought. Well, second vote there. Yeah, yeah. Second, two votes, two out of four. Bod, what are you saying? Arindo should go for it. Well, oh, absolutely. And not only yeah, that, three out of uh, three. Out of three. <laughs> How could I be disagreeable? No, actually, I want to apply to speak too. So you should not apply. Oh, <laughs> so there. Uh, I want to clear the field. Get out of the way. Anyway, no, no I wasn't going to apply. That takes so to much speak. pressure out of my, my my shoulders. All right, thank you. So I wasn't going to apply to speak, but uh, we did get a WP Tavern post this week or last week about. Um, not you know what you're Nathan, what you were talking about, but also uh, I know they're always interested in people speaking who have a disability, and I'm very fortunate to have one. <laughs> so uh, I'm legally blind, and um, I spoke at WordCamp Boston a bunch of years ago on a topic called My Way with WordPress and how I use computers and WordPress and teaching and all that as um, and how my legal blindness all fits into all that, and it's. Um, so, uh, and then I also uh, applied, I'll make this as quick as I can, to uh, Chicago and D.C. Same topic, both accepted. And, uh, of course, COVID came in the way and blew that all out. So I am going to apply to um, give this talk about, um, you know, being disabled, not disabled, but uh, visually impaired, and how I use technology to achieve the things I do. And the benefits, you know, what I've learned would help other people too. So um, that's usually a popular kind of a topic. And I hope that they get, they pick me now. The other thing that this uh, post mentioned was a site called um, diversity in tech. So I yeah. registered with that. Hopefully if I get picked uh, to speak, I may find a sponsor <laughs> because going to Greece at that time of the year is pricey. <laughs> you know, my wife and I have been talking, why do they do this in June? It's so expensive in June. Why can't you just do this in March? We know, you know, all that stuff. But we, uh, my wife has enough points to go. I don't have enough points, travel points. 
but I sure would like to go to Greece and be with everybody. And, yeah. uh, and hopefully the first step would be in doing and applying and maybe being accepted to speak. So we'll see. Yeah. Can I just interject something real quick, Nathan? Yeah, uh, uh, just very quick. Um, anybody that is interested in that do join the Word, WordPress Slack channel, the um, diverse speaker support channel. Because they oh. will, they will actually do some really good. I I follow it myself, and just to see what's going on. But it is uh, on the Make WordPress uh, Slack channel. Uh, I would because they do have workshops. They do have different things to help give tips, and they actually have mentors in there that will help you if you're thinking of speaking. You know, at a WordCamp, you never done it and stuff. And so there's right. some, um, yeah. So anyway, um, for anybody listening or, you know, anyone, yeah, that's, you. it's, yeah, a, that's it's oh, a good I, channel. One other thing too, when you, when I filled out the form to, when I submitted to diversity and tech, one of the things they, you know, they get a whole list of like, uh, are you, are you this, are you that? One of the things they said is, uh, are you over, are you of an age in which uh, one does not expect you to be comfortable with technology? Something like that. I go, oh, I can check that box. <laughs> so, <laughs> you, know, you, you always look for like, box, look at, so is the, if that helps, not, not a problem because none of my friends are comfortable with tech. So <laughs> on that point, I think there are a few now the only one actually that comes to mind, the name of it is don't Yoast, don't they have a diversity fund for attending mm-hmm, they do events? Oh. In fact, I've got a feeling that Peacher might be able to speak to that. So Peacher, if you're still listening, um and you could clarify for Bod whether there's an application to be put in and, there, that'd be interesting to know. Yeah, and they also um um, WordCamp Asia, there's some one of their pages. I'm I'm not on the site right now, but they are asking companies to let them know for they can kind of have a bucket list of companies that are willing to help support right speakers to okay. get to WordCamp. So they're going they're putting that together. I think it's on or is it? Yeah, I believe it was on WordCamp Europe or is WordCamp Asia? I think all of them might be doing it now. Yeah, more, but go go check out the sites because they do have. I saw something something came across my radar just yesterday that was about that. And I think it was an announcement might have been from WordCamp. I, I, I it's I'm not meaning to suggest, Bob, that this this these resources are abundant or anything, but I do know they right. are out there. So it might be a you know I imagine you'd have to apply and probably be in a a vetting procedure. And, oh, there we go. Peach has uh, written something. She says. Yes, yeah. Bob, there is a general application. Yeah. Let's, so let's, I think what you'll do is you'll apply to each of the companies because the companies, yeah. WordCamp is going to be making right, decisions. Right, right, right. They're just going to, and I know that we, hopefully by the time WordCamp Europe comes around, we have some funding we're going to be doing for contributors for contributor day. So right. I'm not going to, I'm not going to promise anything, but I've got to, you know, if everything goes in place as Timeline wise, um, that's kind of going to be one of our efforts to do the woo is um, supporting um, some funding too, as well. So that's nice. Yeah. So one of the the tricky things about speaking, though, is that they don't let you know until like early April, which is going to be very tough to make plans. Yeah. They say here, you know, that's one of the, I think it's, yeah, they say here. Call for speakers will close first week of February and applications will receive a response by the second week of March. Ah, but I don't know if that's the a second response, week of March. yay or nay. Oh, well, that's, that's what it says. 
And then it says okay. speakers will be announced in the second week of April. But I'm guessing oh. that the announcement is oh, just now it's public consumption. Right. Yeah. yeah. So maybe yeah. you'd find out if you were successful in the second week of March. Okay. So that gives you, what was the date of it? Enough it time. The rest yeah. of March, April, May. Yes, just over two months. It's tight. It's, yeah. Right. It is quite tight, isn't it, if you've got to make these applications. Right. Peaches, throw in the comments in thick and fast here. Very helpful. By the way, Amy says... Uh, that she's loving the community sport support community sport <laughs> the community support happening in real time thank you amy appreciate it we, it's not normally like this in all honesty uh no with this form you don't have to apply to the individual companies they'll do it for you okay which Wait, which form are you that? talking about yeah she says she's going to find the site uh so hold tight let's see if she diversity in tech in i thought the idea of diversity in tech would be uh, sponsors are also looking at that database to see, oh, I could sponsor this person or that person. Yeah. Yeah. So if she so, comes, you know, comes it's sort of like a marketplace. If, yeah. Yeah. She says you can if you want. That is to say, apply to them all one at a time. But the whole point of this site yeah. is that they handle it for you. Um, Bod, I really would Which love it if you were there. Oh. Wait. Uh, <laughs> Peter, if you, do you know Bod? If you don't know Bod, I can give him your. No, um, she knows me. Swap your emails. Okay, perfect. We know each other. Okay, ideal. Right. Anyway, that's WordCamp Europe. Uh, I don't know if I'll be going. I'd very much like to, but we'll uh, we'll see what we get, what we do. Okay, acquisition news. We haven't had any for <laughs> probably twenty eight minutes or something. So yeah. let's have one quickly. This is to say that the du duplicator plugin. I confess, I've never installed the duplicator plugin, but one point five million other people have. So it's pretty darn popular. Uh, it does what you'd imagine. It's a duplicator plugin. It, it, you know, it's a copy the site, push it somewhere else kind of thing. Um, but they do have a bunch of commercial licenses. I don't know what you get for that, but they go from $49 to $300 a year, basically. They have been bought by a company that's been buying a lot of late called Awesome Motive. Um, the people who are responsible for the plugin... Uh, chap called Bob Riley and somebody called Corey Lamley, I'm guessing you pronounce it. They're actually moving away. They're no longer interested in this plugin, but the team that they've got surrounding it uh, will be moving over to Awesome Motive. It's the usual, um, the usual caveat supply, but they basically said, we have shared our extensive feature wish, wish list and we know that with Awesome Motive's resources and experience, that wish list will be, that wish list will become a reality much faster. So they're passing on the baton. They're not going to be involved. So if you are using Duplicator and, you know, this is of interest to you, you probably should be, I don't know, find out what the, what the plan is. But, yeah, more acquisitions. So this one's a big one, though, because 1.5 million customers, man alive, that's a boatload of people that's pretty interesting yeah. so anybody want to chip in no i think it's no. <laughs> no. <laughs> another day in wordpress yeah that's know. right yeah. Yeah. Wait, yeah. wait six minutes there'll be another bus coming don't worry yeah yeah yeah, yeah. uh well, anyway there you go that's the that's the thing i'm pretty much done with directly wordpress news let me see if that's true yes i am but we're going to just stray for i don't know 25 minutes or so into some other weird stuff i want to get um i want to get everybody's opinion on this story it's it's written by iThemes, but honestly it could have been written by a whole bunch of different me 
media outlets. Oh, last pass. Oh, how you have made my life difficult over the last few weeks, basically since you dropped a bomb <laughs> just before Christmas and then walked away. Uh, LastPass has been my password manager of choice ever since it came out. I mean, really early on, I started throwing things in it and thought it was absolutely superb. Uh, if you haven't been following the story, several months ago, they announced that some data, that, that they'd had a breach, but that everything was okay, nothing to worry about, nothing to see here. And then just before Christmas, I mean just before Christmas, like that was a good coincidence, um, <laughs> they decided to let everybody know that everybody's data had been stolen. Uh, actually, they didn't say that. But by not saying it was everybody, I think the implication is that it was everybody. Because if you're in charge of the PR at a company like LastPass, surely if it wasn't everybody's data that was stolen, you'd say not everybody's data was stolen. And they yeah. definitely <laughs> didn't say that. Um, so rest assured, though. The data is encrypted. They've nicked a blob of more or less encrypted data. Some fields like the URL fields are in plain text, which I didn't know. Um, <laughs> because obviously you can start to make connections, can't you? If, you know, if there's a, I don't know, expensivebank.com is in your password list, where are you, where are you going to be attacking first? The, <laughs> they're, all, they're all encrypted, but it turns out in a in a slightly interesting twist of events, they updated their encryption algorithm. I think it was about two years ago, and I, I forget the name of the one that they moved on to. But inside the settings for LastPass, there was this option to increase the number of hashes. In other words, the number of times it was encrypted. The, the recommendation that LastPass had was that you did this quite a bizarre number, but it's 100,000 and 100 so it's one zero zero one zero zero in other words when you when the vault is encrypted it's it's hashed 100,000 and a bit more times some people though have oh some people have reported mm -hmm. that their their settings never got updated by LastPass and have been stuck on 5,000 and it's not like they sort of issued a blog post or said go and change this setting it's ridiculous they just you know kind of left it and I think if it's a th if it's five thousand hashes, I think there's a pretty good chance in the next few years that some piece of technology will come along which will crack that wide open. I'm nervous though because everything's in there, literally everything. So you know, if you come across my account, please <laughs> just move on. <laughs> so I've moved. I've decided I no longer trust LastPass. Like the technology and the crypto was probably all fine, but it was nicked. They didn't mention it straight away. And then when they did mention it, it's kind of like, yeah, we'll mention bits of it and we'll do it just before Christmas and we'll put it in a blog post and we won't really let you know what's going on. And the in biggest a blog cinema, post yeah. that has a no index uh, meta. Oh, you are kidding. It gets no, worse. <laughs> but, but also the fact that they didn't reach out and say, your vault was nicked. They just put out a generic blog post. So anyway, my trust in LastPass has completely evaporated. I've moved over to Bitwarden. And so 
I was saying to Bob earlier that I basically sat around during Christmas and didn't do very much. Actually, that's not true. I spent quite a lot of time changing passwords <laughs> on my high value stuff. The reason I want to bring this story up, though, is it, it really hit me pretty hard how much of my life could be turned upside down on the basis of somebody finding out one thing that I know. Um, you know, if you get my LastPass master password, or let's say somebody brute forces that, I am in a lot of trouble. And I really don't know, for example, what my credit card company would say. Um, I don't know what my, you know, what my insurance company would say. I don't know what all of the companies would have to say if they said, well, it's been out in the public domain for ages, you know, we've known since December, you should have changed all your username and passwords. But I got into the habit of making a unique password for every service. I've got something like 1800 passwords. I can't change them all. I'll be here until I'm, well, until I turn great. Um, But you get the idea, right? It's, uh, it's like, it's, I've, I've chucked everything at LastPass, and I'm kind of thinking, hmm, I'm not sure this username password methodology is going to be good into the future. Sorry, I've droned on a lot, and I've vented. I, I, yeah, I was going to say, do you feel better after <laughs> okay. venting? Okay, uh, tell me about your father. <laughs> I'll lie down. Um, yeah, I do. I do. I'm, I'm actually a little bit cross about it because this is a company, and the whole pyramid is built upon trust, isn't it? And and if the trust evaporates, the whole business has gone down. I'm imagining they won't survive. I'm imagining there'll be class action lawsuits. I'm imagining that, yeah. you know, the press will just get worse and worse. And the day somebody's vault is absolutely categorically cracked open and it's provable that a hacker did it, then, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do, frankly. So first question, did anybody use LastPass? And you can all smugly tell me you didn't, can't you now? <laughs> yeah, look. Everybody's shaking their head. <laughs> oh, That's why we let you have the floor, buddy. Yeah. 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 Oh, dear. Yeah. So um, I've moved over to a, a, an open source piece of software called Bitwarden, which basically does exactly the same thing. So I'm really, I'm just it's kind of, you know, out of the frying pan into the fire. There are a couple of reasons why I think Bitwarden's tech is superior, but I'm slowly moving everything over there. I do believe that unique passwords is the way to go forward. And I know that my brain is pathetic at remembering things. And and I like to go for the big, long, pseudo-random noise password of like 50 characters. So I can't remember that. So I've got to trust something. And I've decided that Bitwarden is where I'm going to go. But there was quite a lot of debate on Mastodon about, you know, things like 1Password and KeyPass, which is another open source variant, which you can just keep on your own system, which is quite a nice thing. But I decided I needed it somewhere in in an encrypted cloud. So, yeah. Uh, there we go. I've vented. I'm sorry about that, guys. But the wider debate, you must be storing your passwords somewhere. What are you doing? One password. One, one password. One password. Okay. Yeah. I just, yeah. it's been forever, it seems like. And I, yeah. So I what's the thing? Why why was that the superior choice in the day? Because when I I looked, think there was a sale yeah. going on. Or oh, something. see, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I don't know. I honestly, yeah, I, I can't even remember why I chose it. It just seemed like it was, you know, I, I think it was between LastPass and 1Password when I was choosing it. And for some reason, I went with 1Password and that reasoning escapes me. But, you know, I, I can't smugly say anything because... In 
you know, never say never, but um, yeah, right. that's, that's it. You know, that's why I, I don't understand enough to make probably an informed decision. I mean, I'm not so in depth to be able to look at something and say, okay, this is definitely going to be better other than what you might read in their comparison marketing, which doesn't do anything, but um, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. um, it's served me well so far. So that's, you know, that's, it's, well, the comparison well. marketing, at least there'll be like an easy last pass section. <laughs> yeah, really. Was it hacked <laughs> cross, was hacked tick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. A lot of that people, is... the, the two choices that kept coming up, so I put a little vote out and I also was contributing to other people's votes who were saying, where are you going? You know, where are you going after last pass? Uh, the, the most popular one seems to have been Bitwarden. And I think that might have been a price thing because a personal account on Bitwarden in Bitwarden's cloud is te- it's only ten dollars a year, so it's fairly affordable. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I think one password was like ten x that. I think it was a hundred dollars. Yeah, a yeah, year it's yeah, 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 yeah. But anyway. maybe that's one of the reasons I actually went to it. I thought you know maybe it's a bit more, and they're you know putting yes, resources sure. in that need to be put in, but that could be all a. A fallacy too. So, well, know. I would say that you know, if you if you just take the pricing analogy, it must be at least ten times more secure because Bitwarden is yeah, ten yeah. and one yeah. password. <laughs> so you know, sort of okay, up. yeah, we'll settle with that. That's, <laughs> yeah. it. That, that's what I'll this, say from here on in. <laughs> I think broadly the technology is the same. There is this one little extra feature with Bitwarden where they they've got this sort of like um, what do they call it? Like a login code where. Not only do you get, you have to log in with your username and password, and you can put 2FA, like I've got a, um, mm-hmm. what's it called, a Yubi key as well. Um, but also there's this passphrase, and it's made up of 10, no, five random but fairly long words. And in order for any, I think, any external API or anything like that to connect, they have to know not only that you've got the username and password, but if a new service wants to get into it, then they have to provide that token as well. And that's basically unguessable. So it's another layer, whether or not it's as good as one password, I don't know. But uh, yeah, I was, I was a pile of liquid, a puddle of liquid during Christmas, just (laughs) tearful Nathan crying his last past tears. When I was uh, shopping for a a password manager, I was also uh, divided between LastPass and One Password, and I'm not sure why, but I I felt yeah that yeah, I, I'm not sure why. Like visiting the different like landing pages, One Password communicated more uh, sec- like a more secure vibe. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, and I, I followed the whole story about LastPass on on Hacker News. And as it was developing, people were posting new discoveries. And one thing that they 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 found out is that LastPass was using uh, CSS as like a feature flag. So in order to disable certain features for certain users, they would add a display none to a block on the page. Oh, please! And that's not something you want to hear from no. the people. Okay. That are like keeping your credit card info and your password and, and stuff like that. So I, um, I was so glad that I made yeah. the right choice. I listened to a podcast called Security Now 
which is every week. It's a guy called Steve Gibson, and we'll talk a bit more about him in just a second. And if you go back like to 2008 or something like that, when the whole product started, it really was like the business. And it was it, it was created by this founder who was really inspired to do it all. And it, it, it was really great. But it, it seems that over the time that, you know, They've added new features and all of these things have been creeping in. But also they sold to log me in. Um, and then it turns out that more recently, I don't know when this happened, it, it's now owned by a venture capital company. And, and I can barely imagine a worse, a worse custodian of something like a password manager, a company that wants to extract as much value out of the customers as possible and you you can imagine the shortcuts should we do this it'll probably take about 50 hours of development time or we could just use css and hide it yep uh, okay <laughs> let's use the css trick shall we i don't really know but um yeah here we go so amy says that she's a one password user all right i've definitely made the wrong decision here haven't i i'm gonna have to <laughs> have to wait till next christmas and uh <laughs> change all over again anyway there you go but that led me to this i was mentioning the uh, the guy from that podcast called steve gibson he has this fabulous thing which nobody's using but he spent quite a while building it a few years ago and it's called squirrel and honestly i haven't the faintest idea how this works but he's explained it on numerous occasions and in about minute three of a 60 minute podcast you just can't keep up because it's just acronyms <laughs> and like you know things interacting with other things and ways of making sure it's secure but he's come up with this idea of this passwordless login through qr codes and the voodoo is this right website displays qr code on the web page to log in you have a mobile phone app with data that you put into it you point it at the qr code you are immediately logged in the website knows nothing about you that it never needed to know your um your username you didn't have to make one of those up it didn't need to know uh like an email address it just needed to know that that mobile phone connected and from now on if that mobile phone or wherever you export what's in that mobile phone to another device it just knows that that's that's an account and it's somebody's account and it's unique and I just think that's a, actually quite a clever implementation of technology. Of course, <laughs> of course, the Achilles heel is if you lose the phone, you are utterly screwed. But then again, with my LastPass account and Bitwarden, if I, you know, if memory fails me and I can't remember my master password, basically the same is true. So anyway, this is the, the WordPress plugin, which will allow you to be able to do that. It's called Squirrel Login by Daniel Person. I mean, I'm not going to recommend that you do it because I think probably Steve Gibson and four other people on the planet are using it, but it's, uh, you know, quite, quite a neat idea. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I'm droning on. Let's move on quickly. Uh, Amber Hines, this one's for you. I was chatting to Amber Hines at WordCamp US and I, I we, we were having a few drinks and there were several other people there and I told her that... Um, that the word awesome was used too much. And I just thought I'd mention that she she posted a reply to me this week saying that apparently it's been decided that the word goat, greatest of all time, is being used too much as well. Yeah. So, <laughs> That's true. So, so is amazing. So, so what I'm thinking, can something be awesome and amazing? 
at the same uh, time. I think awesome. <laughs> right? I know, you've got me started now. You know, the last pass thing built me up, and now I'm ready to go. I think that on the spectrum of, like, really, really bad over here, I don't know what the word for really, really bad is, but, you know, you've got awful and terrible, and eventually it goes. And I think at the end of the spectrum, the opposite end of really, really, really good is awesome. And once once you've said the word awesome, I mean, awesome to me is it's, like is like watching your first child being born. It's literally in you're in awe. Your jaw has hit the ground, and there's dribble coming out, and everybody's looking at you, <laughs> going, "What the hell? That's awesome! And that's but, awesome, right? It's so, that's is, a different in, in, in language now. It's like you post a tweet, you know, some little nonsense, and every, awesome." It's awesome. Yeah. It's not yeah. awesome. <laughs> okay, yeah. so it's the most overused. <laughs> yeah. I, I won't get into it either. My, yeah. my, my conversation with Amber Hines is, as soon as you've exhausted that end of the spectrum, where do you go? It's got to be really awesome or amazingly awesome. And eventually, eventually <laughs> the language kind of means nothing. So anyway, GOAT, greatest of all time. Not allowed to say it anymore, apparently. Rest There's in a peace. whole load of banished words from this year. Yeah. Goat. I subscribe to the idea of banning goat. Yeah, goat, yeah. greatest of yeah. all time. Yeah, you see it all the time now, don't you, on social media, especially around yeah. like the World Cup. Messi, Lionel Messi, steps onto goat, greatest goat. footballer of all time. I have no idea if he's the greatest footballer of all time, but um, absolutely, apparently, is another one. Gaslighting, really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, quiet yeah, quitting. Uh, oh, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I think amazing should be substituted. Irregardless is one of those. Yeah, that's like a non. Is that even a word? word. No, it's it's <laughs> it's like a word that's just interjected because it, you can actually say it without stumbling over. So you're quite feel you're quite impressive that you can do that. Isn't it, irregardless it, it a bit like saying I won't not do that? Is it like because yeah, you've already like... said it and then you just add irregardless? So it's. <laughs> We are learning things on this episode. So the, the list the list of things that this university lecturer thinks ought to be banished are GOAT, the acronym for greatest of all time. Inflection point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Quiet quitting, gaslighting, moving forwards. I confess I am so oh, I yeah. use that one. I like oh, that yeah. one. I use oh, that I, one. I, I, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's really not saying anything, is it? It's like yeah. tomorrow or something yeah. like that. Amazing. <laughs> Does that make sense? Uh, irregardless, absolutely. It is what it is. And I'm going to add another number 11, and that is using the phrase, at the end of the day, yeah. <laughs> which I just hear, hear all the time. What happens at the end of the day? We all go to bed, surely. That's, that's <laughs> anyway, that'll be in the show notes. Uh, that's in. Can I, I'm going to add one to it. I'm going to okay. add the word. Now, it, it, it's sort of not used quite as much and this was a big bugaboo for me about 10, 15, 20 years ago, which is so, just the word so. Every oh, sentence yeah, had to yeah, start yeah, with yeah. so. So yeah, yeah. when you're, it's sort of like <laughs> a warm-up. You just did it. <laughs> yeah. I did. Well, what's did wrong it? with it? No. Yeah. <laughs> you know, every sentence had so, so. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, but you know what I mean. And it just drove me I nuts do. that somebody would get up and start speaking and the first words, so today we're going to, you know, so whatever. And I, I podcast guests use it a lot. Yes. 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, yeah. it's, a segue, it's one of those segue words. It's a warm-up. Yes. It's a warm-up. You know, it's, yeah, like, it's, it's, it's like a, a, somebody has said something so, and you're thinking of it in your head, and then you're going on to explain. And it's, it's yeah, it's, yeah, it's like an in, interlocutor, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's the word that's I'm used Googling. sort of to trigger the brain for other stuff. So, yeah. da, 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 you know. Yeah. And it just, it's very easy and, to you know, it yeah. The great thing that I, I don't hear it, or maybe I'm so used to it now, I don't hear it quite as much as I did or was conscious of it, like, you know, 15, 20 years ago. I'll and send the, you one of my podcast transcripts. <laughs> in these and you'll see. Yeah. Search, search for the so word. Please so. Do. Yeah, so, so, so please do. Yes. So please do. The, other, the yeah. other one that I have found, which doesn't, that nobody's really trying to describe anything with this word. So it's a bit like so, but one of the words that I found has crept into, uh, British English, which and I think it's come from American English, is like. Like, uh, oh, like wow, is added. Just it's peppered. You know, you could have four likes right. in a sentence and not one of them means anything. But it's no, become so that, yeah. common to drop it like in. Like you haven't talked that, to my daughter lately. Like, you know what I yes, mean? Yes, yeah, yeah, like yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, like that, yeah. My God. But, but when you actually listen to it and you you're really oh paying attention to when the likes are used it's, it, it's kind of right. whoa that's such a yeah. such a superfluous word it's just it's, it's a word that's well used go, for when you don't know what else to say right right that's right. it but yeah but the thing is like as a non like <laughs> you, you just did it so since english is not my first language uh, <laughs> no but i know I'm very mean i'm sorry you're no, yeah no, no problem like the thing that i noticed is that the more nervous i am so like if we if we play back this podcast at the beginning i was like quite nervous because i'm always nervous when i do stuff like this but as the, the the show progresses and i start to feel more comfortable the likes and the souls they start to go away because huh. at, at, at the beginning i think it's just uh, it's, it's a way to buy time like i'm trying yeah. like i'm trying like to find the 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 words <laughs> and, and yeah, is, is uh, it like a? It's like a holding word. It like buys you an extra yeah, half, ten, half a second yeah. of time. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, it sure does. It I is. About that, that wasn't yeah. on the list. But I'm sorry, we completely <laughs> segued there. But um, there was a whole bunch of things. But I just thought it was a fascinating conversation to yeah. be had. Uh, let's move on very quickly because I do apologize. We're running out of time, so uh, I'll try to get <laughs> through them. We'll just briefly go on to some of these things, uh, ever so briefly. Um, a couple of YouTubers this week or last week or the week before, whatever it was, British YouTubers, I believe, they came out with a new drink and it was so popular that almost immediately people were listing it on eBay for $10,000. And I just thought, hmm, <sighs> go and give it to a hospital or something, you know, rather than this bottle of drink, which is probably just full of sugar. Um, but it did, it did speak to me, though, of the power of YouTube in that people can be persuaded that something is so groundbreakingly culturally significant that it's worth queuing up for. And that was the real story about this. People queued up from the previous night. So they queued through the night for this drink, which was going to be available in a really popular supermarket chain. So it's not like there's 50 bottles. It was going to fill shelves. People queued up because a couple of YouTubers said, got this new drink. 
So, you know, if you're a YouTuber, yeah. all power to you. Yeah. Um, where are we now? Bob, tell us about this open source website because you brought this um, to Yeah, somebody shared it on Twitter. And I think it just caught me because, and I'll, I'll keep it short, two things. One is I think, and, and depending on your resources, you know, whether these are in person, whatever, if you're, you know, in WordPress, into WordPress as much as you are, I think it's time to, you know, people need to step out of the bubble and find good like-minded conferences to, well, say enrich yourself and not always just say, hey, when's the next WordCamp? When's the next WordCamp? I mean, I kind of gone by this, you know, in my previous life, gone to several different conferences. So I think it's just, yeah, it's step out the bubble. And especially for people that are kind of getting that humdrum, you know, oh, WordPress, I'm kind of getting burnout or whatever. Sometimes something like this kind of reaching into other pockets of open source can revitalize you a little bit and, and just put a new perspective on things. So I think it's just something that isn't done enough and that, you know, I'm sure there are plenty of people that do this and go to different conferences, but just don't get trapped into one, one focus, um, kind yeah. of, you know, expand your mind, I guess. Pretty incredible, isn't it? The list is yeah. really very, very long indeed. And they're dotted all over the world. And many of them span multiple days. Um, you, you name it, this page has got it. And I'm sure it's not an exhaustive list but you know that i think we've passed things like python uh laravel linux something called cubecon europe i don't know what that is uh python conference python in namibia there's a whole load in here so yeah really interesting and i think you're right if you are getting a bit fatigued then yeah this is a great resource i will put it into the show notes because the the url is long enough that i won't be able to say it very easily mm. so i'll put it in the show notes to come out come out tomorrow and bob you another one you submitted oh this is oh, just real quick yeah yeah this is something i've been on for a while and the only reason i wanted to mention it is i think we're all you know looking at social what should we be on and it's not really a social platform i kind of compare it to a linkedin for creators and it's a little it's a you know a lot of people i i'm a fan of linkedin a lot of people don't like linkedin that's fine. It's it's a very, it, there's a lot of opportunities. And one of the things is I share a lot of my content on there, but you basically create all these little tags there that shows your interests. And if you're somebody that wants to just come across, people post opportunities basically there. Hey, I'm, I'm doing this podcast. I need guests. Or I'm a person that's looking to speak on podcasts. And you can subscribe to different opportunities, see what's going on. You know, some can be a little sales-ish, but it's just, it's a way to, um, it's, 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 it's a different perspective. Like I said, it's not a social site where you're talking to each other, but it's a good resource to see people put up, you know, I want to collaborate. Some of them are kind of, you know, sometimes lame, but other times you something might, click and you might find somebody that's you know hey this might be worth reaching out to this person and it's not a you know constant battering people aren't battering you they post it you can subscribe to it and see what opportunities are available out there and if something you've been looking or wanting to get into or 
or speaking on a podcast or maybe even being on, you know, some conference or something. So it's a very yeah. interesting site. It's I've, I've, I've enjoyed it just going to it every once in a while, look at what's going on. And I've had several people reach out. I've, I've I swear oh, that, you know, right. I get several people I haven't, you know, done it yet, but they reach out and say, Hey, we'd like you to be on our podcast. And I, you know, I look at what the podcast is about. Maybe it's not quite the right fit, but you know, at least there, you know, it's, it's an opportunity. And some people are always saying, you know, where's the variety of a place where I can, you know, see what podcasts are out there and what people are looking for or whatever. And it just might give you that perfect fit, you know? So anyway, I sort of struggle with LinkedIn because it always feels a bit too, how to describe it. There's just something which I don't gel with yeah. over there. I don't we'll really talk know about that is. sometime. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll win uh, you over. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so you sort of tag yourself. You've created these tags yourself or are these predefined tags and you've just yeah. selected them? Yeah. And you can just put a bunch in it and then okay. you can see, you know, obviously click on that and see other people that have tagged themselves as that and, and you can connect with them. So it's just, a, it's a very mellow kind of networking. It's more of a opportunity type of networking versus just yeah. talking to each other and, you know, well, saying what you ate for breakfast. I guess the proof is if it gets you any people contacting you and if it has done, yeah. several people have yeah. done it. Yeah, that's really interesting. So this is polywork. And, and one other thing, let me just throw in one other thing is a lot of people will do, it's not just posting stuff. You can post projects. You can actually, um, instead of just highlighting a post or something, you can say, Hey, I'm working on this. And you could almost make a, a you know, a live feed or a feed of your project progress. If you wanted to share it with people, or I'm yeah. working on this It's it's just a, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. I just say that a lot of people out there that build sites and into it, just look at it a bit. It's, you know, it's easy to open up a profile and stuff. And um, and you're going to use it however you decide to use it, but you'll get a feel for it. Can I ask how your content's getting in there? Are you, I just post it in there. Yeah, I just go. Right. Yeah, you're writing have, it into Polywork. Yeah, and that's not really the power of it. Right. I'm just putting it there just to have it be in another place. I think mm-hmm. the real power of this is the opportunities, the connecting with people looking for partnerships or whatever. There's yep. there's a lot buried there that could be used for a lot of people. So great idea. Okay. So polywork.com. Again, I'll link to it in the show notes and you can go and check it out for yourself. And last, but by no means least, uh no, not last, because Bob's got something I've just remembered. Um second to last is this. This is Basecamp.com forward slash shape off. This came from Arindo, but I confess, Arindo, I I didn't even have time to uh, to examine it. So I'm I'm all I'm all ears. What what are we looking at? So uh, there's this uh, project management uh, software called Basecamp. Not sure Mm -hmm. if you guys heard about it. Mm -hmm. It's it's one of the first ones that that came out, Uh, and they have a pretty specific way of working, and they've been shipping consistently for a very long time and they are a tiny company for the amount of customers that they have so up to a couple of months ago maybe year a couple of years ago they were like a 30 40 people tops and we're talking like multi-million users here uh and 
we've been like you know, on on, uh, on our company we've been transitioning from having we've been growing the team like a lot so we're 11 people 11 people now Ooh. and I started to see myself in a position where I was uh, spending most of my time time trying trying to like make sure that projects made sense and defining like due dates and stuff like that and the scope kept changing and the we we missed deadlines and it i i think like last year was the the year that i most that i i spent pretty much the entirety of last year working and when i look back at the the things that we actually managed to ship uh it doesn't like the the account it, it it doesn't make sense right the amount of things that we put out to the world it's not compatible with the the amount of work that i that i that i did last year right so i realized that the, the, there was there was something wrong in there so we decided to try this it's it's a methodology it's a book but it's like in its entirety on that site and oh, it's totally it's for free to huh. yeah it's totally for free yeah and it's very easy to understand the methodology is pretty simple uh they have a, a couple of key ideas that i find pretty interesting so one of the key points of the entire method is that you have a fixed fixed time but variable scope so you define the number of weeks each cycle of development will 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 have so in our case it's six weeks and whatever the problem you're trying to solve there is a version of that problem that uh, of a solution to that problem that you and, and your team can develop in those six weeks interesting so if if things start like to escape you in terms of like scope creep and things like that you start to to cut the scope so we start to cut features out uh, and the idea is that by the end of the six weeks, you have something, you have a version of a solution for that problem. Uh, but the idea is to focus on the consistency of shipping and having a process that, that makes sense and that is repeatable uh, in the long run. So we'll be trying that. <laughs> yeah, this sounds goes, really yeah. interesting. I think everybody gets fixated with the other way, don't they? You know, the the you've got a the time. Hopefully, you can squeeze whatever the project features ought to be into the time available, and then feel terrible guilt, uh, or indeed get told off by clients because you don't manage it that way. So I, I do like the little the transformation there of well, it's a time thing. Um, yeah, that's interesting. So. This is I I have read a book by Jason Fried before and I was looking for it on my shelf because I know it's up there somewhere but it's hidden somewhere. Um, he wrote a book with somebody I don't know maybe ten years ago. I have a feeling it was a silver cover, but he was uh, it was a really interesting read. He's one of those like unbelievably successful people where you read the book and you think, hmm, wouldn't it be nice to be Jason Fried? <laughs> <laughs> Multiple serial <laughs> success story. So this is basecamp.com forward slash shape up. Yeah, thank you for bringing that to my attention. I will add it into the show notes as well. That's brilliant. Um, and Bob, you wanted to say something. 
but it wasn't yeah, a URL, I, I, so I've not got it on a. I've not got a site up or anything. Yeah, I'm just going to talk this through. So I've been hired by InstaWP, a company that um, where you can create websites in an instant. Really, it's sort of like it's really a developer and agency dream. <laughs> Uh, in that it's like having um, local development in the cloud, if that makes any sense. It does. Anyway, so one of the uh, videos, I've been hired to do a series of uh, instructional videos for their clients. And one of them is on, uh, initially it was, well, how do you take an Elementor site and turn it into a, a WordPress Gutenberg site? And I did a lot of research on it. And I've had some experience doing it. And it just really sort of, it's too idiosyncratic to um, really do a video on this instructional video. But one of the things that came across was the idea of using Elementor and Gutenberg together, leveraging the best of both systems. Now, Ooh. yeah, I had never really thought of doing it that way, but, you know, because everybody always, when they do a project, they always say, well, what should we use, Elementor or Gutenberg, you know? And that's not the question. The question is, how do we use both um, and to leverage the both? And there's definitely a way. And here's how it goes. So for Elementor, you're going to use the theme builder parts. So headers, footers, you know, big sections that repeat throughout the entire site. That's just the overall framework. And then the content area, if you will, will be done with Gutenberg. I found that a really good theme to use for this is Generate Press because Generate Press lets you do all the settings and customizer that you would do in Elementor. That settings meaning um, really style appearance kind of settings. And um, uh, the the so you might say, well, well, what about if I want to use like a um, widget in Elementor? Let's say there's a carousel widget or something that you don't get with natively with Gutenberg. Not a problem. You just create a section uh, in uh, in Elementor. Let's say you're doing like a, a, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, a carousel. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. you bring it in to Gutenberg with a short code, with an Elementor short code. So that's really getting the best of both worlds because you're, you're, you know, Elementor's got a lot of performance and overhead and all that. You're not using a lot of that, just a little bit. But you're using all of the, you have access to all of its widgets um, uh, in Elementor, you can just insert those into the Gutenberg blocks. And it's phenomenal. It's just, I'm working on it. So I'm going to do that video, but at the same time, I'm developing a new site using this technique. And it is absolutely fantastic. Uh, there's so many really cool things about it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to really sort of, I have a feeling, spend this year on this entire concept <laughs> of using both because there's there's it's a very rich subject and um there's just you know a, a tremendous uh area to explore how to use yeah. both to the best extent. one of the nice things too is that you future proof your site so if one day you say you know elementor i mean gutenberg now is so good that we really don't need to use yeah, you Elementor just anymore. The theme out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly right. You know, you, yeah. you keep you keep your theme, but now you'll take and out you the, your say, headers the header and, and the footer. And... Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Into 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 uh, into Gutenberg. So a, a lot of really isn't good it, things. Isn't it nice when you uh, yeah. isn't it nice when you find something that you really like? 
Like oh my quite God, often, quite is... often I go for weeks or possibly even months, and it's like, oh, I haven't quite stumbled across and, something that's really, really excellent. And when you do find it, it's a pleasure. Yeah, it is so cool because this is a cross project um, finding. In other words, I mean, you'd be using this across different kinds of projects right now, mm-hmm. which is fantastic, which I love. So I wish I had well, thought of the idea. A... I, I, yeah, but I didn't. I did it through research, but it's really cool. Nice. You give me a. You gave me an interesting idea for maybe a plugin. Um, <laughs> now, what's that? Let me hear what you have to. Uh, no, are you thinking of a plugin to convert Elementor to Gutenberg? No. No, but maybe a plugin that allows you to uh, configure the Elementor widget right inside the the, ah. the Gutenberg editor as if it was a, a native block. Ooh. Right, so you wouldn't have to use a short code, right? You wouldn't have to use yeah. a short code. Oh, Excellent. Very cool. Very cool. So, yeah. given that you've got this yeah, new yeah. shape-up methodology, um, we, we expect <laughs> it in roughly six weeks, I'd say. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, or else somebody else will do it. You better get on it now. It's out in the wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, sorry, I uh, apologize to you the three of you, we've kept you significantly longer than was intended. Um, and, you know, Mark Westgard, uh, founder of WS Forms, typical, shows up at the last minute and uh, <laughs> expects a mention. What can I say? <laughs> Hello, Mark. That's nice of you to join us. And Bob, um, Amy says that she tried, um, oh, what was it called? Polywork. Yeah, um, yeah. And I, I, I think the I think the point is not to go to it as a social network. Don't think of it that way. Think of mm-hmm. it as a resource for opportunities and connecting with people. Okay. You know, it's not it's not a social network. Mm. Well, appreciate all of your contributions this week. We'll put this out tomorrow. It comes out at seven AM UK time. What what was I thinking? Um but it always <laughs> does. It's like the most glamorous time of day when everybody's paying attention of course uh, but it'll be out then but i'm sorry bod and i'm sorry arindo bob knows what's coming the slightly humiliating wave that we always do at the end of the show oh, basically put our hands up you know what's coming i've seen this we, put the hands I've up. Seen we all this. have to do it at the same time and then i use this as the album up. there we go that's about as bad as it gets it didn't take <laughs> too long bob <laughs> flickered at that point his internet connection rejected yeah. it yeah uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> hey, i've got a little button here yeah. <laughs> yeah, well thank you to anybody that's made a comment really appreciate it i hope you enjoyed it we'll be back next week and we'll see you then thank you guys thank take you nathan Thank you.